0: Welcome to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed, and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, honored to be here alongside Dina Sayedal. I was just saying that name belongs on, like, I don't know, the morning show. I'm kind of a fan of that one, but it's such a wonderful name. I joke that if I had a better name, well, who knows where my career could have taken off? Dina could have gone big places. Okay. Yeah. I consider this a big place though, okay? Bigger than any place I've been. And it's close to my heart. Um, But what do you say we launch into it? Because I know you will have a lot to say about this first one. And there's some big stories throughout the show. Hannity, the GOP, wants to draft Trump as House Speaker. What on Earth? You see him smiling there. It's not a joke. Who are the Republicans trying to push as Speaker of the House? Kevin McCarthy removed first ever. How does it feel to be the first one? This is your legacy. Removed as House Speaker in that historic vote, House voted two hundred sixteen to two hundred ten to oust McCarthy with a handful of conservatives joining Democrats to remove him. This, as we said, the first time a Speaker of the House has been voted out of office. You're out of here. Hannity claims House Republicans are trying to draft Trump as Speaker. Ooh, says the ex-president is open to it. Doesn't he have somewhere else to be in like several states? But we'll hear him out, okay? We'll hear him out. Uh, here's what we have, watch.
1: Eight Republican lawmakers joining all 208 House Democrats to remove Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker, the first time in our nation's history. And McCarthy will not seek the speakership again. Now. Sources telling me at this hour, some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next speaker. And I have been told uh, that uh, President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the short term, if necessary, uh, if it's needed. Anyway, I've heard from a number of people, I know for a fact Donald Trump has been contacted. Uh, about possibly him being an interim speaker. Is that a reality? I, I don't know. I, he'd be great, but I, I actually, I want Donald Trump to be the next president of the United States. If he wants to be speaker, I'll be I want clear. Him, I want him to he be president still of the run for States. president.
0: Well, this is nuts. Who could have come up with this idea? Who's behind this? Who would support it? It's nuts, right? Well, I'll show you who. We'll show you who is supporting it, Marjorie Taylor Greene, should have known. She tweeted about Trump becoming Speaker too. The only candidate for Speaker I'm currently supporting is President Donald J. Trump. And then the rhetoric, do we really need to go through it? We don't need to really go through that. It ends with he will make America great again at what, insurrection? Maybe. I mean, that's something he can claim that he has experience at. Donald Trump has an opinion on the matter, Says he's focused on doing what's best for the Republican Party. But if you need him to rescue you and get the party back in line, he's open to it. Look, a lot of people have been calling me about
2: careful. All I can say is we'll do whatever's best for the country and for the Republican Party. Just My- people. My- 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 we have some great, great people. Would you take the job? A lot of people have asked me about it. I'm focused. You know, we're leading.
0: I don't know you. I'm sure you don't read too much. We're leading by like 50 points for president. My focus is totally on that. If I can help them during the process, I would do it. And do you understand where he is right there? As he's uttering these things, he's really rambling on, but he says he's to do what's best for the party. That would be a first. Dina, let me go to you. Enough sarcasm from me. What do you make of this chaos? It's one thing that they ousted. Well, the guy wasn't trustworthy, but I guess that's what we're going with. They ousted him in this historic move. And now this is what you're floating?
1: I think that they are wanting to be a party that's dysfunctional. And if they want to shut down the government, Appointing Trump as speaker is an ideal way of doing it. I mean, as we know, Matt Gates and the eight Republicans who really took him out of office did it because they were so mad that he passed this stopgap measure averting a shutdown. I mean, it wasn't even a full you know, resolution that actually was going to fund the government. It was going to just buy them six weeks of time. And that was so offensive. Um, to these Republicans, and they had to take him out. So I think putting Donald Trump in there as speaker is a fantastic way of their, you know, getting their goal of shutting down the government. Because even though, yes, it's technically true, the Constitution doesn't say that a member of the House has to be speaker, he will be by far the most unqualified speaker ever. And there are actually quite a lot of rules uh, that the speaker has to abide by in order to you know, make the house run. And he's not going to know any of that. He's not going to care about any of that. He doesn't want to do the job. As you said, he's already has to, you know, he's already appearing in New York for his civil fraud trial. He has so many indictments against him. He doesn't have the time to do this. Uh, If he does it, the government will do nothing Uh, It's a disaster. The fact that the Republicans are even floating this idea shows how unserious they are in actually governing because it would be, I would say it's a joke, but it would actually be so catastrophic for the American people to have the House truly unfunctional as they would be with him speaker. I mean, there's so many people that really depend on uh, the federal government in their everyday lives that it would... It wouldn't be funny. It would really be catastrophic. And But the fact that they're floating him, I think just shows like how unserious this um, this Republican Party is now.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, Gates and his crew are running around like children. Mm-hmm. They're really running around like children. And you're right. People don't realize how much we depend. We like to complain it's dysfunctional. It's not really working on behalf of us. But we can show you better than we can tell you what would happen if this whole thing is just gridlock and just shuts down and when you think about it you're exactly right trump wouldn't read the rules and he really doesn't care about the constitution so that would be you know something that we're perhaps used to but it does remind me you know my daughter is 11 a couple of years ago i remember she wanted a golf cart this cost thousands of dollars and i said to her well i could buy you the golf cart but if i do Mommy won't be able to pay the bills. We'll lose our home. I've made it very dramatic. Would you rather have the golf cart and be out on the street? And you know, she said to me at age eight, yes, mommy, we can live in the golf cart. And that's the way I feel that these these babies are, are acting. They're running around doing all kinds of nonsense. Something about Nancy Pelosi getting kicked out of her office while she's at a funeral? It's too much. Where does this end? Do you
1: think this will pick up steam? I think it will because they're in a really bad position of probably not having a Republican who all the Republicans can agree with. And then their, their second choice is having a consensus uh, leader who both the Democrats and Republicans can appoint. And that, that's a seriousness and a maturity that I don't know if it's possible uh, with these. But I think that if the macro-Republicans wanted to prove that they truly are a cult, having Donald Trump be the Speaker of the House is like the last piece of evidence anybody should need. Because there are so many qualified House members who could do that job and could do it well. And I may disagree with their policies, but they could at least do the job. To think that there is only one man out there who can be president and you're willing to have him be president, despite the fact that He's been indicted uh, so many times, shown to be fraudulently conducting a business to the extent in New York that he can no longer do business in that New New York. The evidence against him in these criminal trials is staggering, but they're still willing to make him president because there's evidently nobody else in the Republican Party who's qualified to do president. And now on top of that, there's evidently nobody else in the House who's qualified to do the job as speaker. I mean, that's a a cult. I cannot think of any other better evidence to show it that you think that only one man is qualified to do that job in addition to the presidency. It's astounding to me what they're willing to do to massage his ego, his never ending need for approval. It's it would be, you know, it's a destruction, I think, to their own party. And if it was in a vacuum, we could sit back and let this happen. But unfortunately, as their party is self-destruction, we are all going to feel the effects of it. Uh, and so this is a, a, for sure a historic and really unknown uh, time that we're living in right now. I think watching the destruction of a party and, and seeing the fallout of that. Yeah,
0: it's uh, it's burning, burning to the ground. It may just be rubble left at this point. And you wonder, you know, there's all these people criticizing the Democrats. You should have saved him. Maybe I don't know, but it's all lies, chaos, <laughs> coal is burning. It's just a mess. If you're going to look outside, Donald Trump, Adam Sandler. Go with someone like Adam Sandler.
3: If this is what you want to do, if you just want to make it a joke, at least it'd be entertaining. Substitute teacher puts on teacher sorority jacket. What you're watching there is a crime
0: in all 50 states and throughout the world. It's just not done. Now, this is very serious. Uh, defiant she is, the substitute teacher. Look at this. Putting on the teacher's AKA Alpha Kappa Alpha jacket. Students, social media, bracing for what will happen next. There will be repercussions. AKA sorority ain't is the first black women's sorority founded in 1908 on Howard University's campus. The organization's colors, salmon pink and apple green. The students in her class tried to warn her, don't do this, you don't want to do this. Don't put their teacher's jacket on. This defiant senior woman, she didn't care. She's warm, she's toasty, it looks like she's getting suited up for a fashion show, admiring herself. It's unbelievable. The student who posted it explained, the whole class tried to explain to her, you need to take this off, ma'am. Look at the mouth's hanging over. Look, it's just ridiculous. Y'all, why am I in class and we got a sub and she going to grab our teacher's AK jacket and put it on? It's not going to be good for her. So let's give you the social media reactions. They're serious. They were swift. If you're not a member. Of a D9 fraternity or sorority or any other fraternity or sorority for that matter. You cannot wear the paraphernalia with their Greek letters on it. One should wear articles of clothing that aren't theirs in general. Mm. AKs are about to be outside her house like, look at this next picture. I'm telling you, the AKs, other sororities, they feel the same way. This It's a crime to them. I once grabbed a mug in my sister's cabinet. I just wanted a cup of tea. She came around the corner, I mean, she's nasty to me anyway. But this was like, get out of my house at Christmas. I just wanted a cup of tea, but it was an AKA mug. You don't do this, it's not a game, it's not a joke. My roommate, not AKA in college, did the AKA call out our dorm window. A real AKA student heard her from outside. Counted the windows, jumped on an elevator to the fourth floor, and knocked on our door to tell her she better not do it again. Good luck, teacher. They're wishing her good luck. She's going to need it. Membership into Alpha Kappa Alpha is done by a selective membership intake process that has, over the last 115 years, included women such as Rosa Parks, Maya Angelou, Jemison, Kathy Hughes, sisters Debbie Allen, and Felicia Rashad. Jada Pinkett Smith, Brandy Norwood, Vice President Kamala Harris. These women and only women within the organization understand that membership has its privileges, like wearing the letters. People who are not included into any of the organizations, included in the National Panhellenic Council, also known as the Divine Nine or D Nine, are not allowed to wear them. Not everybody will understand this, Dina. I do. It is more than pride. It's about accountability, it's about lifelong leadership. This started as an organization that helped others and brought them up and pulled them up. It is a distinct society and it's a lifetime. It's not just a college thing. They go to these meetings all the time. They pay dues, they come up with special projects and newsflash. They helped get her elected. That's how powerful this group is. Too much being made of this? Or was this substitute teacher disrespectful to the core?
1: Yeah, I wasn't in a sorority, so I did have a little bit of a hard time understanding maybe how serious this was. I actually had no idea that you couldn't wear the letters if you weren't in it. Um,
0: Thank goodness (laughs) we warned you.
1: Thank goodness. (laughs) Now Now I know. I, I get why I wouldn't. I don't know if I ever would put on somebody else's jacket like that, but I didn't actually realize like there was a ban on it. Um, And I I just, to me, when I read this, I just felt like this was kind of like a a snapshot of the uh, problem of finding teachers right now in this country. Teachers have had, you know, just such a hard time from the pandemic. I can't even imagine how difficult that profession is. And they are having not only a hard time finding teachers, but substitute teachers. Uh, because of the fact that she was so willing to put on somebody else's property, you know, in a school that was employing her and and these kids were obviously new about it, were going to tell the teacher and she didn't care. Uh, that to me sounds like somebody who feels like they have job security, mm. right? Or is not that dedicated to her job to kind of be so disrespectful to the teacher that she was substituting. So, you know, I kind of wondered how well she was actually teaching them, right? No, if she cares no. so little about just putting on a clothes in the middle of the classroom. So that to me was just like maybe a reflection of, um, so if you're out there and you're interested in being a substitute teacher and you're going to show up and be respectful and care for the kids, I, I think schools need you. Uh, and this, I think, is a reflection of the problem that a lot of schools are yeah. having.
0: Where's my hand? Can I speak Miss Dina? Uh, Ms. Dina, they watch movies all day. That I know. Okay, I have no reporting on it, but I know in my heart, they watch movies all day. She yeah. didn't come on. She's just there to hang out. And the sense of entitlement here, okay? She, I don't know, was gonna go play bridge or something all day. I'm not stereotyping. I can just tell it's in her face, okay? She didn't understand. It's this very ornate jacket. It's not even her style. She did it anyway. So I believe it's about entitlement. She also probably rummaged through the teacher's drawer, took an apple or two. Because she's going to do what she wants to do. And the kids with their phones out, photographing her, recording her, I don't think she even had control over them. And you saw the one kid mouth hanging out. She's, She's uploading it really right then and there, okay? And I just can't get over this. Look at her. Now, I think she has a little bit of style. But again, this is just a crime. It's wrong all the way around. But even for people, as you said, Dina, who don't understand perhaps the full meaning, the body, you know, the soul of this organization. Respecting someone's property. I'll give you the last word. Can't we just leave it at that? Be respectful, you're a guest in this classroom.
1: I mean, absolutely. And and I think that that is, the problem is, is we often see people take little steps and then they become big steps, right? Because if you're not respecting a teacher's property, are you even gonna be respecting the children? So maybe this administration does need to vet their substitute teachers a little bit better because, you know, uh, teachers have a lot of control over their classrooms and their children. And we have seen, um, you know, teachers sometimes, I mean, vast majority of teachers are really great, but we have seen teachers, um, you know, be kind of like too aggressive toward their students, et cetera. I think that all kind of stems for this kind of entitlement and lack of respect uh, that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, so mutual respect. It starts with the leader of the classroom, whether they're filling in or they're full time. I think what she should do now is have someone help her get on social media and upload, she doesn't have to do it live, she can do several takes and then upload an apology. Do a little digging, understand the full meaning of her offense, like you would in a court of law, because I'm telling you this is a crime and it's going to plague her, wherever she goes, she's got a distinct look. Uh, But we wish her well. We will,
3: if the AKAs have some kind of official response, we'll bring it to you. you. This update is um, one that's really under my skin. A lot of yours too.
0: Jacksonville Sheriff defending Lakeann Woods' brutal arrest. Defending it. Because, you know, there was no other way. In an update, the sheriff of Jacksonville police finally issued his response to this arrest, a beatdown is what you really wanna call it. Watch.
4: I missed beating up. That's crazy, they won't beat no more now. Now we're here, it's crazy. They're gonna block, they're gonna stand there and block. Oh, he got a shoe off. I wanted the peppers in there. I think his name Jeff Peppers. He likes to beat people. Let's see if he's bleeding. I can't get no closer, I, I, I can't get no more him. He beat up. Can't get up. Oh my god. That's what happens, I, I got the stick in my way. I, he trying to block it. You got his face,
0: baby? Mm-hmm. The story here is so graphic and so horrific. Dare I say we've seen it again and again place after place, with black man after black man at the hands of the police. Yet I'm so horrified. That's how bad this is. According to News 4 Jack, Sheriff T.K. Waters claims the arrest of Lacan Woods, 24 years old, was justified. And then he turned and pointed at the public and says the rush to judgment caused people to reach faulty and dangerous conclusions. I just can't stomach to look at him already. But let's keep watching. There's a portion of the press conference where he delivered his truth.
4: When there are allegations of officer misconduct, our agency thoroughly investigates those allegations. (laughs) And when allegations of officer misconduct are sustained, we hold officers accountable. Accountability for officer wrongdoing is essential. However, equally essential, is speaking up when our officers are wronged. Some of the cell phone camera footage that has been circulating since Friday does not comprehensively capture the circumstances surrounding Woods arrests. And that is to be expected. Part of that stems from the distance and perspective of the recording cell phone camera. Another part of it stems from the fact that the cell phone camera did not capture the events immediately preceding Woods arrest. Moreover, cameras can only capture what can be seen and heard. So much context and depth are absent from recorded footage because a, a camera simply cannot capture what is, be, what is known to the people depicted in it. As a 32 year law enforcement officer, I understand the importance of thorough and complete investigations. Investigations that are led by facts. One piece of evidence considered in a vacuum devoid of context and other information can lead to faulty and dangerous conclusions. When incomplete cell phone camera footage becomes the basis on which public opinion turns, the results can be equally faulty and dangerous. A Arrested judgment, whether it be in a criminal investigation or in the court, of public opinion can lead to serious errors in judgment, errors that can have long lasting consequences. On Saturday, I publicly stated that we were investigating the circumstances of Wood's arrests and the allegations of inappropriate use of force by involved detectives. However, I'm speaking out today Even with the investigation still pending, because it's now clear that some of the circulated cell phone camera footage has been intentionally altered to imply that one of the detectives kicked a handcuffed woods. Body-worn camera footage and unedited versions of the cell phone camera footage on social media definitively indicate that this detective never kicked a handcuffed woods. While a rush to judgment is dangerous, the intentional distribution of manipulated video is shocking.
0: I don't know how old he is, how long he's been on the job. I could find out what a shame, what a sham and how embarrassing to his family and his colleagues that he actually, why did you even bother to call a press conference? Reading off of a teleprompter, I know. And I can tell when someone's reading and not telling a story, not speaking from the heart, sounded like a robot, sounded like a robot particularly with the warning that said, you're not qualified public. You're not trained as we are, and you're not to weigh in. This is serious business. Do not trust your eyes. We're trained to overlook. We're really trained to do what we want to do and get away with it. Let's show you some of that body cam footage that was released selectively at the press conference.
2: I'm gonna tase you. I'm gonna tase you. got to get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground.
3: Right on where they
2: are. Stay on your stomach. Put your hands on your back. You're gonna get it again. You're going to get it again. Put your hands behind your back. It's going to be 8204. Hey! You heard me? Yeah. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back! Keep them back! don't even got nothing. Put your hands behind your back. They're behind you're going to get tased All right. Jeez, zone, District 3 task force units. Give me your hand. all give us some updates. Yo. Behind your back, goddammit. All right, let me do up and go. Go. Put your hand behind your back. All right, okay. All
1: right, man. Get five crews going in
2: Get your hands, hey, behind your back. So hey. hey, give it, give
0: it. I know what my eyes see in this selective clip release. A young man running, falling on the pavement after being tased. Out of breath, you hear all that breathing. <sighs> Okay. Here's what the police are claiming. According to the police report, the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office gang unit was conducting undercover surveillance. In the San Jose area, when they came across Woods, truck that Woods was the passenger in was pulled over by police who claimed there was a suspicion of a drug deal, but admitted they used the seatbelt violation as justification for the stop. Okay. JSO says. The vehicle kept driving as if the occupants were looking for a place to run. News one with the details here. After the truck eventually stopped, Woods allegedly jumped out of the front passenger seat and ran through an apartment complex. When officers caught Woods, they tased him twice before Woods fell face first onto the pavement. JSO then claims Woods started to, quote, violently resist a detective's attempts to arrest him. You all watched that, right? I watched it. You know, disoriented, out of breath, someone kneeling on you. He's like giving him his hand this way. Oh, behind. Crazy. Okay. Police report states that one detective hit Woods five times in the face. And once in the ribs. While another kneed him four times in the ribs and face. One of the detectives involved in the incident claims there were unintentional knee strikes to Lakeon's face during the struggle. He didn't mean it. This is police, police work is difficult, very difficult to keep control and keep the public safe. There was force used by arresting officers, and yes, that force is ugly, said Waters during the press conference. But the reality is that all force, all violence is ugly. But just because force is ugly does not mean it is unlawful or contrary to agency policy. He said, all the officers, remain on the street where they belong. Now, if you're in Jacksonville, don't you feel safer knowing that? I want to like give you some kind of signal to stay indoors. Okay? Please don't go out. According to USA Today, LaKeon Woods was charged with armed traffic of meth, armed traffic of cocaine, armed possession of controlled substance, resisting an officer with violence. Violation of probation. Well, the family recently hired well-known civil rights attorney Harry Daniels. You know the face. I think you know the name by now to fight for justice in this incident. If anybody can get it done, bring out the truth, attorney Daniels will do so. Daniels says officers had no legal reason to stop Woods and that he will petition The U.S. Justice Department to investigate Wood's beating. It's unfortunate that the sheriff believes the beating of an unarmed man is justified, Daniels told AP. It is obvious that he is complicit and an enabler of clear misconduct by his officers. It is not surprising that the sheriff's office didn't find any misconduct because they investigate themselves. I believe every word of what Attorney Harry Daniel stated there is factual because it happens all the time. And I know what my eyes saw there, and that's just part of it, sure. And I don't think the rest of it is going to look too good for the Jacksonville officers who did whatever they did. He can't even open his eyes, Dina. What did you hear?
1: Yeah, I mean, now this is a kind of an interesting case because There's some facts that don't help him in terms of his civil lawsuit. Um, And then there's obviously facts that are kind of suspect in terms of the police Um, and his swelling on his face. It's a little bit unclear how he got it. I mean, he fell face first after being tased onto the pavement. You see he's bloody already in the beginning when they try to turn him over. Uh, so it's going to be hard for them to prove how, where that swelling came from. Did it come from his initial fall? Did it come from the beatings? I mean, here's the thing is with all of this camera footage we have now, it's like an abundance of camera footage. There's the body cam footage and then this video. And, you know, the sheriff made an allegation that honestly, you don't really don't hear very often, you know, because this is not a new occurrence. We 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 have heard of, quite a bit of press conferences from sheriffs when things like this have occurred. But for him to have said that the uh, videotape was intentionally altered, that is unusual uh, claim that he's made there. And my thought kind of goes toward if that is proven to be true, uh, whether or not that cell phone person who uploaded that could be held with some sort of criminal charge himself, like an obstruction of justice or something, because to intentionally alter a video in middle of an ongoing investigation and post on social media, I would, as a lawyer, advise people, don't do that. Um, so I'm not sure if that actually even happened, but for him to make that kind of an allegation on a press conference, I don't know, maybe there is some evidence to it or not. But at the end of the day, the fact that's going to hurt um, the civil lawsuit is that they did ultimately charge him with um, armed trafficking of drugs. And this was an undercover unit that pulled him over. And it, so it sounds like they did find something to charge him with. And so they're going to say that, that the arrest was justified and that some force is justified. It is true under the law, the sheriff is right, under the law, that some force is legal. Um, and th- th- the point becomes whether or not it's unjustified in terms of like any civil lawsuit. They can't say his plaintiff, a lawyer, can't say that any force automatically makes the police department liable. Like we may want that to be the case, but that's not what the law says. And so whether or not they're going to have gone beyond justified force is uh, is is, is, is going to be difficult. It's always difficult. That's why these cases historically we're lost. It's really since George Floyd that we've kind of seen the tide turning and we've seen um, plaintiff lawyers, well, frankly, we see cities settle uh, quite more than they used to in these cases. And we've seen police officers become unaccountable. But that's the reason is because some amount of force is legal in determining what level of force uh, makes that uh, police department or city liable Um, Is is sometimes hard to prove.
0: Well, I think that it is hard to prove. I, I happen to believe it's hard to prove by design, okay? Qualified immunity, almost everything is justified. Everyone was resisting arrest. From where I sit, I just find it fascinatingly untrue. And I'm gonna tell you something. When they pulled over, I'm gonna say a couple of black guys, okay? This was the passenger over a seatbelt violation. That is code for driving while black. That's exactly what it's code for. okay? And that's what Harry Daniels, the esteemed civil rights attorney, is really pointing to. That we have laws in this country that are supposed to apply to everyone. Unlawful search and seizure, all that kind of thing. You're not supposed to just be able to pull someone over because of how they look, even if you end up being right. Even if you end up Arresting a drug trafficker. Okay. And I don't know because he's not proven that, although they said something about a probation violation. Perhaps that could be it. I think it should have stopped there. And Harry Daniels may win right there. He had no right to pull him over. I didn't see resisting. I didn't see it. And I think we've seen enough of these cases, enough of these cases. Okay. Tyree Nichols. Thank goodness there was all those angles we have to question and not just question hold accountable authority maybe everything that sheriff said is is true okay and maybe just maybe this kid had it coming or maybe it's like so many others so many others Much more indisputable when we come right back. I'm Sharon Reed, in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We have Dina Dahl. If my name were Dahl, maybe I could change it, okay? Sayang Dahl. I I think
3: I would, maybe I'd be in Hollywood, okay? Much more indisputable, uh, big stories when we come back. You wanna call the police on him for having a barbecue on a yeah, Sunday? No,
5: I you must feel free.
3: Back off! I'm gonna tell you there's an African-American man threatening my life. <laughs> are
5: you are you German?
3: <laughs> no, we, no- he does.
2: <laughs> 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 <I'm not. laughs> <laughs> Come on <laughs> <say? laughs> I do. <laughs> you What you <laughs> No, tell
4: me what Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: do so like,
2: like, no, not do this. Breathe. Do do not do this. Breathe. do not do this, you're gonna get arrested.
3: I can, I can handle my own. Free 23. 23. What?
2: What? What? what is it? Free, please stop this. Free, stop three, this or I'm, I'm never going to talk women. to you again. I love stop you. this or Maybe. I'm never going to talk to you again. Listen yes. to me right now. Go we'll sit down, right now. Yes. We'll sit down right now. I'm never going to talk to you again. Listen to me right now. He's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. Listen to me right
3: now. No, he's not. He's not. He's he listening. Did, he did. He's, not. he's not.
0: He's not. He's not. He's not. Listen. He's not. He's not. He's not. He was not talking to me. Now, let me share with you what was going on. The hands, the movement, theatrics. Karen embarrassing her partner during a dispute on the train. What happened? Did someone see your wallet? What happened? Someone hit you or something? Karen goes off on unsuspecting German tourists in a xenophobic New York City train rant. Ends up embarrassing her partner who threatens never to speak to her again if she doesn't stop right away. What was the offense? Well, she appeared to think the group was talking about her behind her back. It's, it's all about you once again, which is the core principle of any Karen Dina, I don't know if you could hear it, but I gave you the gist of it. And perhaps we've been there, you have children, I'm a mom too. I can't tell you how many plane rides I took with my daughter who was jumping on the seats and bouncing. And I'm thinking, uh, before I became a mom, I would have been the one saying, uh, you know, making it uncomfortable when moms are doing the best they can. This is childlike behavior. And to have to have, in this case, your partner be the mom, like, hey, cool it, or I will never be in the same airspace as you again. Your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I love that you talked about the being the mom thing, because there's always a part of me. I love these Karen segments. They're awesome. Like you said, the, the producers did an amazing job finding them. But I've had a few bad days, right? Like any mom has. And so you hate to kind of like judge somebody maybe by their worst day. But even in my worst day, I didn't get up and start screaming at this perfect stranger. And I think she might have even like touched him in some way there. And if she does, there's assault and battery right there. He can press charges. Mm. But to be so in the face of a complete stranger Um, To somebody who's frankly bigger than her and to have no self-awareness and really, like you said, to feel so protected by your privilege that you don't think the person is just going to smack you across the face for her to have such lack of fear almost there to me shows of somebody who's done this before, gotten away with it. Um, you know, obviously she has some sort of like anger issues as well. But to me, as a woman, that kind of strikes me. I don't think I would feel so safe to do that, to be honest, um, to somebody so much bigger than me.
0: Yeah. She, uh, is a real one here. And, you know, and maybe I'm just getting older, but if a stranger's talking behind my back, I don't even know if I care. <laughs> I'm going to see you again. I really mean that, but care less. I don't think it would even bother me. And maybe that says something about me. I don't know how you feel, but like, why not just let it go? You saw her partner like having to like b- pull her away again and again. It makes me wonder. And you're right. We shouldn't speculate about things. We're not in their homes. We're not in their heads. But it makes me wonder what else goes on if they cohabitate together. Do you think, as you said, not the first time she's done this, do you think that he's used to her kind of accusatory, aggressive behavior?
1: Probably. And the fact that yeah. she's, feel safe doing it to a man, to be honest, she probably does do it to him and he doesn't retaliate. And that kind of makes her feel safe about it. And to your point about not caring what people think we probably couldn't do these jobs because people tell me in my comments, sometimes things about me, a lot of times they're great, but a lot of times they're not. And it's like, I couldn't do this job if I cared about what people think. So some stranger on the plane, um, you know, she's just picking for a fight. I think at this point, she's probably upset about something else. And this is a good excuse mm-hmm. for her to let it out.
0: Yeah, she needs to breathe and really think about what's going on that she needs to kind of tackle the real issue. We wish her the best. Don't you might run into the wrong
3: person. though. might not want to do that on a train, a plane, a bus. OK, automobile might not want to do that. How about double dose? You want to call the
0: police on them for having a barbecue on a you Sunday? You're a good deal for I said, right. because like, an African
1: American man threatening right my life.
2: That's my seat. You don't like it? I don't care. That's my seat. Call the police on me. I call the police on you. you a I don't give I s. I don't down. give a s. That's my seat. You, need to calm down. you take something from me. You I take what is mine. I take what is mine. Shut up. Oh lord. You don't take from me. You don't take from me. You treat me a certain way, I'm gonna treat you right back like you treated me. You don't compel me, you don't force me, you don't violate my freedom. That's my seat. You don't like it? Switch it. Switch me? Switch it. And I'll stay on the plate and I'll go. Liberally, you don't? In Boston, federally, take it. Now, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna shut up and I'm gonna be in that seat. Police coming right now. I'm gonna stay in that seat. You take me off this
0: plane. Going to federal court. Before we launch into this one, might I say, obviously on a plane, there I saw a hand with those napkins very delicately doing the beverage service, and I thought, isn't that professional? With all of this swirling around, isn't that? professional because honestly, I probably would have just stood there watching like, what's about to happen here? And maybe if they had popcorn, I'd grab some of that. Male Karen living after sitting in the wrong seat on a flight. Um, if you can believe it, there's more. Here's what happened next.
2: What did it have? What did it happen? Now you gotta make a report. Now you need to make a report. Now you're gonna make the report I wanted. Now you're gonna make the report. Now you're gonna get some doctors involved. Now you're gonna do what I ask. Now you're gonna do what I ask. Now you're gonna do what I needed. To have been done earlier. If you didn't want to do it? Now I'll do it. So, checked out for them. so we're
5: gonna see how right we Thank you, I'm too focused, I mean, I'm
3: unfocused.
0: This will live on, it's embarrassing too, right? Remember when you were back in grade school and the teacher said, look, one more person talks out of turn. Everybody misses recess. You didn't do anything wrong. But you too had to stay in for recess. Everybody had to exit the plane and the male Karen, as you saw, was taken out in a wheelchair, cuffed with those plaid shorts on. It's just one of these things. You're in the wrong. And now you have to punish everyone. The mentality here, because formerly I used to think, Dina, it's all about the alcohol. Blame it on the. How's that? Who's the singer? Is it a rapper who did that? Blame it on the alcohol. The team. They know everything. Okay, they're they're culturally crafty, investigative. At any rate, I don't think it's just about alcohol. You know, I've never been drunk. This is actually how I am. Sober. But I don't believe that most people who get a little drunk act so far out of character, they wouldn't do this unless that's what's in them. Am I wrong?
1: You're not wrong. Mm. I mean, and here's the thing is putting Karens in an airplane, it's like a whole other kind of situation. Mm. That's really scary. We've definitely seen since the pandemic, this escalating. I feel really sorry, the flight attendants. And I mm. actually was on a plane and we hadn't even, you know, we hadn't even taken off. And so the alcohol was definitely not involved. And one of the passengers just refused to like, put his bag up when the um, flight attendant asked him to. And we all had to get off the plane. And I have to say in that in-between time when they were dealing with that passenger, it was like a little scary because you're stuck on this small space with somebody who's unpredictable and you know that if they were to do something dangerous, like you can't get it out very easily. So it's, especially when they're flying and these kind of things happen. I mean, you hear about them having to like tie up people with these makeshift things that they have in a cabin. This is getting really out of hand. Um, And, you know, they need more marshals maybe on the plane or something. We heard him talking about like his violation of freedom, uh, this notion um, that, Again, it's like very pandemic related uh, that I think they have to nip this in the bud because we're seeing an escalation here and it's it's not pretty.
0: It's not pretty. It's not funny. We all have to work together when we're on this little tight little submarine in the air, if you will. I remember talking to Sarah Nelson, flight attendants, uh, union head. And this was, you know, as the planes were starting to fly again, pandemic, and they were begging Keep the alcohol off. But as you said, it's not just alcohol-fueled. Flight attendants were being beaten. Tooth broken, nose broken. They said, you got to do something to help us here. It's a privilege. Flying is a privilege, not a right. This is
3: Indisputable. Much more to come when we come right back. Welcome back. This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reid in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Dina Sayagdal
0: joins us once again, and I've loved being on with you, playing off off of you, opposite you. Um, these, are, these are good stories, and let's get you some viewer comments now about that, Karen. <laughs> Mo Fury says, guess what, KK? Now we all talking about you. You're going to yell at us too? Remember, this whole thing on the train started because she thought these strangers behind her were talking about her. So what? Maybe they like their outfit, okay? Or maybe they said, your weave is showing in the back. I don't know, but why does she care so much? Okay, her partner had to threaten her. You're absolutely right. Now we're talking about her. Can you imagine? I hope he's got a good hold on her. Brutal arrest. You have a lot to say about that Greyhound dragon says, unintentional knee strikes. That's the police claim. He did that at least three to four times. That was clearly intentional. Next TYT reporter, yet another quote, you don't know. What they are being arrested for, so beating them is okay? Hmm. Ginny B says these officers and this so called leader are why people don't trust the police. Saying they hold officers accountable is a joke, all caps, and no one trusts them. They need to fire all these people and start over. Also, uh, about the Karen on the plane here, the male Karen, Josh says, YouTube, also, the number of idiots not caring about being added to the do not fly list. Did they ever get off of that or do they have to stay on there? You know,
1: Dina, once you're on that list, do you stay? I mean, I would think they would stay. You might have some sort of like due process. Uh, claim, but I think the statute is probably really clear. Um, yeah. and so if you've been charged and you're convicted of whatever you're being charged of, then you probably, uh, you know, are can't get back on.
0: Wow. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Uh, Archie15 says, I hope I never have to get on a plane again. Archie, you should be able to fly. It's just not right. These people are disrupting the airwaves. Not right. Hmm. Uh, let's get you a couple more, if we can, about Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> you guys are going in. Hut D says, laugh my ass off. Kev Kev shortest term ever. He is writing his eight-month memoirs. That's what he listening. And chat. This is crazy. Uh, Drafting Trump as the speaker. Somebody not happy with that choice of words. TYT, we thank you, by the way, Jackal Dragon 1991. He says, I don't know. Donald Trump seems to like the dodge drafts. You're not going to let that go, little bone spurs, wasn't it? Then he claimed bone spurs, called in a favor from his daddy. He didn't have to go to the war. This is the age of the strikes. 75,000 workers at Kaiser Permanente going on strike." This morning, medical workers of Kaiser Permanente walked out on strike. Watch.
2: They're walking out. They're walking out. They're walking out. Woo! Woo! Hi, Sandra! Hey, Sandra! Hey Sandra! Hey Sandra. Woo! Hey Sandra. Woo! 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 Woo!
0: How long will this one last? On Wednesday, more than 75,000 unionized employees of Kaiser Permanente, one of the nation's largest not for profit health providers, walked off the job. Marking the largest healthcare worker strike in US history, striking employees who work across California, Colorado, Washington, Virginia, Oregon, and D.C., are represented by a coalition of eight unions that comprise 40% of Kaiser Permanente's total staff. vast majority of the striking workers are in West Coast states. strike began at 6 a.m. local time. will run through Saturday morning. Employees on the picket lines include nursing staff, dietary workers, receptionists, optometrists, pharmacists. CNN with the details all people can't afford to be without. What are they striking for? Well, striking employees say staff shortages have left them feeling overworked and burnout. In a recent statement, Kaiser Permanente said it has agreed to accelerate hiring, setting a goal of hiring 10,000 new people for union represented jobs by the end of 2023. We're in the fourth quarter. Union coalition is demanding higher pay, strategy by Kaiser Permanente's management to tackle chronic staff shortages, protections against outsourcing, and earlier notice when management calls remote workers back to in-person work. According to an update, negotiating progress was made before the strike began, though management and the unions are still far apart regarding employee raises. What is Kaiser Permanente's counteroffer? Well, Kaiser Permanente has offered Location-dependent wage increases with a maximum of four percent for each of the four years of the new contract, according to an October 1 update. Now the coalition rejected that offer, saying such a raise proposal falls to keep, fails, rather to keep up with the cost of living. The coalition is asking for an across the board, six and a half percent raise in the first two years of the labor contract, and a 5.75 percent raise in the next two years. Kaiser acknowledged. It's staffing challenges in a statement, but argued the issue has affected healthcare providers nationwide. However, strike is temporary. Kaiser Permanente workers will return to work on October 7th at 6 a.m. Local time in each state that joins the strike However, a longer strike may come in November. If a deal between the coalition and Kaiser Permanente is not reached after this strike effort. That according to the communications outlet. The largest union in the coalition is tackling this one. Again, CNN with the details here. There have been strikes across the country, of course. The multi-state strike comes during a time of elevated labor activity in the US. Several large-scale strikes have paralyzed companies and entire industries in recent months. January, more than 7,000 nurses at two major New York City hospital systems went on strike arguing that immense staffing shortages have led to burnout. Their complaints echo those of Kaiser Permanente's employees. The United Auto Workers are on strike against Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. First time the union has struck all three simultaneously. Entertainment industry also contended with dual strikes this summer. Hollywood's writers and actors unions went on strike at the same time for the first time since 1960. The leadership of the Writers Guild of America reached a tentative agreement with Hollywood Studios last month. The actors, the actors guild strike is ongoing. So it does feel like, and I don't know how you feel about this, Dina, but I'll I'll, I'll lead with this question first to you. Do you think because these strikes are difficult? Yes, but they're getting a lot of attention. And it seems that the workers have some momentum. And is it encouraging a faster pulling of the trigger, if you will, by unions who say, Let's just walk out, hold firm, stay together. And just like these other fields, they'll cave.
1: I think definitely it is contagious, I think is what your question is. Absolutely, because they see the success that they're getting. UPS was one of those companies that were threatening to strike and they got some big concessions in terms of pay. The writers got some big concessions uh, from their strike. So they're seeing not only other uh, unions strike, which gives them protection against their own members, but they see the success of the strike. And so, I certainly think it's contagious. And really, it's about time uh, labor needs to be recognized in this country. The the lack of union um, participation over the decades definitely has resulted in lower pay. For workers. I mean, that's just not a question. And so this resurgence of it, I think is definitely good for uh, employees.
0: Now, Aruna, Senator Anita Turner talked so so eloquently and then walks the walk on behalf of workers everywhere. And, and we'll talk more about that. But I think you're absolutely right. Um, there is this, this feeling that's turning into boots on the ground and action from so many workers. They're inspired Um, By what they see,
3: others being able to secure for themselves, their families, their futures. Liberty University now failed to disclose crime data. What's
0: this about? Well, there's new reporting and it says preliminary findings from a federal investigation found that Liberty University failed to warn its Virginia campus community about safety threats. Liberty University failed to warn its Virginia campus community about safety threats, including from individuals accused of sexual violence and systematically underreported crime statistics. Private Christian University has marketed itself for years as having one of the nation's safest campuses. But the Post reported that the U.S. Education Department's findings describe Liberty as an institution that discouraged people from reporting crimes. And couldn't provide basic documentation about crime on campus. Liberty repeatedly violated a law known as the Clery Act. According to the preliminary report, federal law requires colleges and universities that receive federal funding to disseminate an annual security report to employees and students. It must include information on campus crime and efforts to improve campus safety. The AP and ABC News with the details. Schools that violate that law are often fined and required to make sweeping changes. University was already facing scrutiny over its handling of sex assault cases. While the Clery Act investigation became public knowledge last year. Lawsuits by former students and employees have accused the school of botching sexual assault reports or failing to investigate allegations of rape. The litigation was filed under the Title IX Federal Law that protects against sex discrimination in education and often overlaps with Cleary. Liberty settled a civil lawsuit filed by 12 women last year after they accused the school of fostering an unsafe environment, mishandling cases of sexual assault and harassment. The women alleged that Liberty's strict honor code made it difficult or impossible for students to report sexual violence, said the university had a tacit policy of waiting investigations in favor of accused male students. And it said the university retaliated against women who did make such reports. What Liberty University has to say in response we will tell you. In a statement released Tuesday, Liberty confirmed it received the government's report in May, but said it has been corresponding with officials since then about significant errors, misstatements, and unsupported conclusions in the department's preliminary finding. The university said it would continue working with the education department. Until the investigation ends, Liberty University remains fully committed to ensuring compliance in this area is met and maintained. And understands the purpose of this review process is ultimately in the greater interest of our students, faculty, and staff. Liberty President Dondi Costin said, AP and ABC again with the statement. This comes three years after the university's former president, Jerry Falwell scandal. His departure followed his posting of a provocative photo of himself online with another woman with both their pants unzipped, as well as revelations of his wife's extramarital affair. Ballwell and the University have since filed lawsuits against each other over his departure. Hmm, never really understood. I I need, okay, we can take that off. Uh, Dina, it was very jarring. It was very jarring. OK, it's not that I hadn't seen it before, but, uh, you know, can you start? Can you respond? Go ahead.
1: Yes, of course. I mean, clearly you could say he leads by example, but this is not a debatable situation. You're either willing to say that sexual assault is OK, or you are going to protect your students and they haven't protected their students. Not only that, but they're actually discouraging them, which is so disgusting because it's really the women mostly that are affected. One out of every four college women are subjected to sexual assault statistically nationwide. But if you're in an environment where it's known that this is not even getting reported, it's possible that statistic is even higher there in that right. college. You know, I'm here in uh, Los Angeles. UCLA, obviously, is a huge school here. Before you even start as a freshman, you have to undergo sexual assault training. They they teach the students what is considered um, consent and what is not. And they have to undergo, each student has to undergo training before they come in. So you, t- you take that as an example, which is not that hard to do. Versus a college where they're not only pretending it doesn't happen, but if you're reporting it, they're then going to discourage it. That's frankly disgusting. And but it reminds me of the idea of um, you know people don't need birth control because they don't have sex, and they don't need abortions because they don't have unprotected sex. The delusion becomes disgusting.
0: Yeah, just we need you to come on over to this side, okay, where we're breathing fresh air, okay, and we understand. How the world works. Uh, I appreciate it. Dina Syed Dahl, our special guest co host today. I'm
3: Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, filling in for today. Much more Indisputable when we come right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed. Dr.
0: Ritchie has the day off, well deserved. Let's get you some more of your comments. Um, you guys have a lot to say today. TYT member Tommy Treverthen. This is our culture, talking about the Karens. You have individuals who believe they are the most important person wherever they are. Social media has given us more narcissistic behavior than we've been used to. It's probably true. About those striking uh, workers, YouTube now. Zarp says, UPS, auto workers, Hollywood actors and writers, restaurant workers, now medical workers, good. Workers should have all their voices be treated fairly. Fly Girl says, yes, during COVID. They were all called heroes, so pay them a hero's wage. And David Morris says, UK doctors, consultants, they've been on strike. Of course, conservatives have gaslit them, claim they don't care about the sick. People just want to take care of their families, folks. Okay. About liberty, tech nauseated says, liberty is a, as, much real, as much as a real university as Frager U. Now stop it, okay? They got to get their act together, though. They really do. Uh, Neon Death Twitch 07 says SAG after is still waiting and history is repeating itself when it comes to labor. Uh, all valuable comments. Appreciate you very much for weighing in. Now, Senator Nita Turner launching workers focused political group. She's the right woman for the job. Nina Turner introduces We Are Somebody groundbreaking initiative set to change the narrative for workers nationwide from picket lines
5: to policy room. Let's look. Everybody is somebody. Most people want the ability to afford housing, health care, provide for their family, and be able to take a vacation every now and then. While most corporations are seeing record profits, they aren't leading to record wages. Imagine that. CEO pay has skyrocketed over 1,000% since 1978. CEOs are paid 399 times as much as a typical worker. Workers deserve better. From the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. supporting sanitation workers in Memphis, to Fannie Lou Hamer's work for black farmers in the South. To Asa Philip Randolph's work organizing the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters and organizing the March on Washington, the fight for liberation has always been a fight for workers' rights. It is in this robust tradition that I am launching We Are Somebody, a capacity-building organization for the working class. Our first major initiative will be to put our full support behind the 21st century workers' movement. We are somebody aims to serve as a bridge between those who support unions and workers and the workers who are putting their livelihoods on the line by withholding their labor and demanding better from their employers. Every worker is somebody. You are somebody. We are somebody. And if we are committed to putting a little extra on our Ordinary. extraordinary things will happen for working class people in this nation. The cause is right and the time is now. Helping ensure that workers on the front lines are supported, protected and funded.
0: We are somebody, I adore her unapologetic passion. You can tell it comes from the heart right? She cares about working people. It actually makes her happy. It actually makes her move a little bit too. It's like Beyonce's renaissance is you know, up here, Taylor Swift too. And then look, Senator Turner's right up there with what she believes and performing on behalf of workers. The values behind we are somebody, one job should be enough. Workers' rights should be codified into legislation. Strike without fear, And the need to rebuild the middle class. What she's saying there, Dina, is not radical. Isn't it the American way? You work so you can achieve something, so you can pass something on, so you can enjoy life. Not so you can rush home if it's not in jeopardy. And then rush out, work all night, leave the kids spending for themselves. Not because you want to, because you have to. This is too much. Is she riding this wave, leading it and helping to support this union wave, this strike wave, this worker strike back wave? I feel like she's perfectly poised this organization to do what they need to do.
1: I mean, absolutely. So satisfying with the GOP chaos that we led our story with to see an elected official doing the right thing at the right time for the right people is so satisfying. So glad that she's doing this initiative and in this group. And it's about time workers here finally, I mean, they need, like you said, they we need a living wage. We need health benefits. We need vacation pay. We need child care leave. It's just about time workers in this country um, you know, it's just we know it's it's too tough. Um, you're willing to do the work, but you're not getting really paid what you deserve. And I think we need as many as they need as many allies as they can. And um, I'm glad that she's doing it.
0: I am, too. You know, when you think about members of Congress who at least most recently were scared to give themselves a pay raise, but they're like, well, we do deserve it. We need it. We're living in two households, two cities, whatever. OK, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Let's deal with the workers,
3: people who sent you there. Remember us? Remember us? Cops help a black teen with his tie before a school
0: dance. Well, this one is warm and fuzzy and real. Pennsylvania, Officer Brendan Linebarger of Pitcairn Police Department helped the young teen tie his tie before a school dance. You remember going to your first dance? How important it is? You don't know how to tie the tie? Maybe there's no one to help you? Here's the background. A lady they called D took her son Z to the police station requesting a citizen assist. By definition, these are not emergency calls requested by a person that could range from anything like a noise complaint to lost property. The route with the details here. In this case, Detective Caruso was dispatched to respond to the call and learned upon arrival that the request was to help Dee's son with a wardrobe meltdown. He didn't know how to tie his necktie for the school dance. Dee didn't know how. And seemingly Caruso, too. Now what? Well, she called Officer Brendan Linebarger for backup. And he came on the scene. He offered to tie it for him, teaching him how to loop Tuck, pool, or whatever you're supposed to do with it. Even made sure it was the perfect length right at the belt line. These are things I didn't know. These are things Dee didn't know. But didn't Dee get help for this young man? Police department said on Facebook, community policing is very important to the Pitkern Police Department. Knowing that our residents know that they can come to our department and to our officers to assist them with a task so small, Of tying a tie is very important to us. Have a great time at your first school dance. (laughs) See? Okay, I love this one. And those who know me know that I love to pick apart these police statements. We care, here for you, working for you, protecting you. You know, local news does the same slogans. And I could go in on whether that's true either, watching out for you. But in this case, I find it very sincere. And it starts with what the statement begins with, okay? Knowing that our residents know that they can come to our department and to our officers to assist them with a task so small, tying a tie. That resonates with me on this one, Dina, because if there was discourse, and I'm not saying they're perfect. I haven't researched them all the way. But if there wasn't this comfort level, this person D knew, I can go there. I can call and they'll be there for him. There's not a fear that they're going to turn it into something. I think that does speak to the truth, the veracity of the statement. What do you think?
1: I thought the absolute same thing. The fact that the mother was willing to have her son interact with this police officer, you know, in some ways he becomes vulnerable, right? She kind of opens him up, but she trusts. The police officer and really that police department. She probably didn't know which police officer was going to come out and help at the mm-hmm. time. So that says a lot to me that they are doing that community police work, but they said, and you know, here in Los Angeles, we had LAPD had years of problems, the Rodney King beatings, the Rampart uh, Division scandal, and they finally did a task force. And one of the big things that changed the LAPD significantly was this community policing. Uh, Cities that don't ever really do an outside task force and kind of really hold themselves accountable and do change have problems over and over and over. But if they're willing to change how they interact with the community that they're supposed to be keeping safe to form a trust level and not only a trust, but she must have known them. She has had interactions with them outside of Security, let's say, or policing, that's the idea of community policing, being in a community, developing relationships. If they're willing to do that kind of work, they can change policing. And sadly, a lot of cities and police aren't aren't willing to do it. Here, it shows how valuable that is.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's um, a loving, mutual respect here. I don't want to make too much of it, but I think it's very real. And you're right. you didn't know who was coming. Could have been anyone, okay? But I don't think she was, you know, rolling the dice here. I think she had some comfort level making this call. And I think what this police department in Pennsylvania, Pitcairn Police Department, is doing is not that difficult, but it sure does mean something, just like you're talking about in Los Angeles. So kudos. I'll keep my big mouth shut and won't criticize your statement. Because your statement is real. Dina, tell people where they can find you. I just love sitting opposite you and just getting your wisdom and the law and everything else.
1: Oh my gosh, this was so fun, Sharon. I could have done this forever with you. We'll just have to talk <laughs> some more another time. Love but they it. can just follow me at Dina Doll across all platforms, Twitter, TikTok, um, YouTube, all of those.
0: Will you be upset if I change my name to Sharon (laughs) Dahl? I just love it. Come on over. (laughs) I think I want to.
3: Anyway, thanks, Doc, for letting me fill in on Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed. We'll see you next time.